Turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, and verse 20. John chapter 17 and verse 20. There was a man in my church when I was growing up, and he had come, uh, sat towards the front of the sanctuary, and God actually saved his soul. Uh, he, he had been a drug addict, and uh, God just radically changed his life. And uh, he came out of that lifestyle. He began to be a very bold witness, and he would go... Uh, to any kind of person you could imagine and uh, would, would witness. And so many people came to faith in Christ. His life was truly changed by the touch of our great Savior. And uh, our God's in the business of doing that. Um, you see, the glory was lost in the Garden of Eden. But God has sent us the Lord Jesus Christ. And the scripture says, we beheld his glory, one who is full of grace and truth. And uh, because he has come, everything has changed. But you and I are his people, and God has told us in his word, the scripture we're just about to look at, that Jesus prayed that we would share the glory that is his. Now the scripture tells us that God's relationship with Adam and Eve was lost in the garden due to sin. A few years later, Moses comes on the scene and God sets up a covenant with the people of Israel. Moses, he creates furniture, he, he does these curtains and this, this tent called the tent of meeting in this courtyard, and, and he prepares everything. He sprinkles the people with blood. He goes through all the ritual of sacrifice and so forth to prepare. And then something remarkable happened for the first time in history. The glory of God descended among a sinful people. It could only happen through the blood, but it happened. Now, they had a limited relationship with God. There was still a veil. There was still a barrier. But God was there in their midst. You see, this foreshadowed Jesus coming. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's the same word used for the tabernacle in the Old Testament in Greek. Uh, and it said, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory. This is the glory that Jesus desires to share with us now of course we won't reveal the glory of God like Jesus revealed it because Jesus is God <laughs> and uh, we we can't uh, begin to approach that but we have been given the role because God dwells within us Jesus sent the Holy Spirit who dwells within us and he has given us the role of revealing the glory of of God and the truth of God to this world just as Jesus did. Um, Jesus, As Jesus prays for this, we see the unfolding of what God had intended all along. God created man in his image to reveal his glory. And now through the work of Jesus Christ at the cross and through the sending of the Holy Spirit, you and I, can have that image restored that was marred by sin. We can have it restored in us.
and the glory of God can be seen in you and me. What an amazing thought. So um, we are created for his glory, and that's my title today for my message is created for his glory and uh, we need to live our lives with uh, the heart of walking with God and letting his glory, his truth, his gospel shine through us to reach people for his name. Uh, so uh, let's look at this scripture. It's, uh, John 17, 20. It says, I pray not only for these, that is his 12 disciples, uh, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me, so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I want you, those you have given me to be with me where I am so that they will see my glory, which you have given to me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you, and they have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love you have loved with, uh, with, with, with you have loved me may be in them and I may be in them. So created for his glory. How are we created for his glory? Well, we were created, first of all, to look like him. We were created to look like him. If you look in verse 22, he says, I have given them the glory that you have given me. Um, a couple of years ago, Alyssa had found a picture of David when he was younger, and David had a picture of me when I was younger, and they compared those two together, and we look quite a bit alike. You see, he's my son. So there's a little bit of my image in him. Uh, he looks kind of like me. He looks like his mom as well in some ways. Uh, but because of that relationship, there is a resemblance. And the same way, when a person is born again, that is, when a person repents of their sin and they put their trust in Jesus Christ to forgive them and give them eternal life, God makes them a new creation in Christ. So that the very character of God is given as a new nature. Now we still have the old nature and those natures fight with one another. Uh, and we have to choose what we're going to do, who we're going to follow. But, uh, but that new nature is there. And as we live in that new nature and the Holy Spirit empowers us to live according to that new nature, people will see Jesus in us. And it's a, it's a truly amazing thing. We will look like Jesus. Here's another idea. Did you know that God has created us all differently? So that you will reveal God's glory in a different way than I will reveal God's glory oftentimes. Through your gifts and through the way that God has created you to look like him. 
there may be a certain aspect of God's character that he makes to shine especially through you so that you look like him in that one area of your life and it reveals the glory of God. So we're made to look like him. The scripture says in Genesis, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God created us to look like him. And, and especially in the character of our lives. And so um, we're created for his glory. How are we created for his glory? We're created to look like him. Secondly, we're created to receive him. If you look at verse 22, I've given them the glory you have given me. You said that's just the scripture you just read. Yes, it is. Um, but we are created to receive him. I've just mentioned receiving Jesus. When you put your trust in him at salvation, you repent and put your trust in Jesus for eternal life. But we are created to be the temples of the living God. Um, a few years after Moses, a man named Solomon prepared a temple. And he also sacrificed sacrifices and the priests did their work and made all these preparations and they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the temple and they exited the temple and the glory of God came and filled the temple and no one could enter because the glory of God was just so manifestly present in that place. Paul says to the Corinthians, know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I want to tell you something. When I received Jesus Christ, I repented of my sin. And I put my trust in him at an altar as an 11-year-old boy. Something changed inside of me. The presence of the living God entered my soul. <laughs> the glory of my Savior descended upon my life. Now, I've not always lived the way I should live. And there have been times I've quenched the spirit in the presence of God in my life. But every time I've come back, I've confessed and repented of my sin and asked for the filling of the Holy Spirit. God gives it in accordance with his promise. Did you know the scripture says how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now we have the Holy Spirit resident within us if we know Christ, but whether we're filled with the Spirit, that is, if He's in control. Adrian Rogers says, uh, uh, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is resident. But is He president? Uh, is He in charge? Uh, when the Holy Spirit is in charge, you are filled with the Spirit, uh, and the Spirit is empowering you and living through you, and the Holy Spirit will reveal the glory of God through you as God's temple. When they would enter uh, the place of worship, they went through a process. Jerusalem was up a hill, this long ascent. They even have psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascents because they would sing these psalms to God as they would ascend to the city of Jerusalem. Then they would come into the city, and then they would go into the courts, and they're singing, and they're praising God. But as they, they would catch sight as they're going up the hill. They would catch sight of the temple. And it was brilliant. I mean, it was gold, and it reflected the sunlight. And you could see it. I mean, it was just brilliant. And it was an image to reflect the glory 
is God. That's what you and I are called to be. There's something different about him. There used to be a song that uh, I remember as a boy hearing, there's something different about him than speaking about Jesus, where his voice can calm the raging mighty sea. And although I can't explain things are different since he came, there's something different about the one whose name is Jesus. And I believe people could recognize something different. That no one taught like him. No one spoke like him. No one had power like him. I mean, the, the manifest presence and the glory of God was upon Jesus' life. But that is what you and I are called to. We're called to receive his presence by faith to give him control in our lives so that he can live his life through us. And so we're created for his glory. How? We're created to look like him. We're created to receive him. Thirdly, we're created to fellowship with him. Look at verse, um, look at verse 22. It says, so uh, they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. I in them and you in me. Did you know that God didn't create man because he's lonely? Some people think that. I've heard that taught before. God created man because he was lonely. No, no, he didn't. God is self-sufficient. He does love us. He wants a relationship with us, but he doesn't need us. <laughs> he is God. I mean, and uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had fellowship in eternity past and will into eternity future. The only place that fellowship was broken was at the cross. When, when our sin was placed upon Jesus Christ and he died in our place, for our sin. That fellowship is deep and it's real. Some of you have been married for a number of years. We, we were talking about uh, uh, Bill and Viola uh, in their 75th anniversary. Uh, that's a long time to be married. And when you've been married that long, you get to know somebody, don't you? Can you imagine having a relationship for someone for eternity? Talk about fellowship. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had perfect fellowship because all of them all want exactly the same thing. They're one. Three persons, one substance. You say, explain that. Uh, I, I can in some basic terms, but I'm not sure that I can do so to satisfy your understanding the way you would like. But it's true. We have one God in three persons. And that fellowship has been there in such a deep and real way. One of the greatest pains of the cross was when Jesus' fellowship with the Father was broken. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because our sin was placed upon him. He did that so you and I could have a relationship. We're created to relate like him and to be invited into fellowship with the Holy Trinity. 
Is that not amazing? And as we're in fellowship with God, we will be in fellowship with each other. Somebody once said, uh, if you tune a bunch of pianos with the same tuning equipment, they're all in tune with one another. When you and I get in tune with the Lord, we'll be in tune with one another. And there'll be fellowship that is rich and meaningful in, in this body of believers. I, th- I think we've seen uh, quite a bit of that. Uh, we've seen God uh, use us. I, I was blessed. We had the drawing near services past uh, week. I was blessed with that. That was uh, what an encouragement. And, and I want you to know something. God will bless us with fellowship with one another as we fellowship with God. And uh, we're invited, we're created to fellowship like him. You're created for deep, meaningful relationships. That, by the way, is one reason you need to come to church, right? Because if you're by yourself, you can't be having a relationship with somebody else, right? So we need each other. God's created us for this fellowship, for this relationship, so that we can bless one another and we can bring glory to God uh, through that fellowship. And when God's people are relating the way he has called them to relate, it is a truly wonderful thing. Uh, We were talking in Sunday school about a, a situation where someone was disillusioned with uh, the church and you hear about that most of all of us have heard of that at one time or another someone gets disillusioned their feelings get hurt or something and uh and it makes them look at the church differently and and that's a shame and we do know that uh the church is made up of sinners right because you're a sinner and i'm a sinner we're all sinners saved by grace uh, so, so there will be times where, where feelings get hurt. Hopefully those relationships are mended. But I want to tell you something. When God's people are fellowshipping with him first, the way they should, and are fellowshipping with one another, it is so sweet. It is like a breath of fresh air. Now, I've, come to, I've, been, I've, I've had situations where I dreaded going to church, and some of you may have had those situations too. I hope not. Uh, But uh, when that fellowship is real and when God is working and moving among his people, it's like a breath of fresh air to be with his people. It's a refreshment. It's a lifting up. It's an encouragement. It's a strengthening that takes place as we meet together. What a wonderful, wonderful gift God has given us. So we are created to fellowship like him. We're created to look like him. We're created to receive him. We're created to fellowship like him. We're created to point to him. Look at verse 23. That the world might know that you have sent me. You see, as we fellowship with each other and are showing love for each other, what does the scripture say? God is love. How do we reveal God to this world. It is through the love that we have for one another. And when people see that love in action, it says, hey, there's something real about this. These people are different. They'll see Jesus, and it will point people to him. So we're created to look like him. We're created to receive him. We're created to fellowship with him. We're created to point to him. We're created to love this, to behold him. Look at verse 24. Father, I want those you've given with to me to be with me 
where I am so that they may see my glory. Now, Peter, James, and John got a little preview, okay? They didn't get the full dose because no one can look at the Son of God in all his radiance and glory, unveiled, and live. Moses asked to see the glory of God, and God said, no. He said, uh, he said you can't see my face and live, but I'll, I'll cover you with my hand. I'll pass by you. And, and Moses saw the back of God's glory, and his face was glowing. I mean, it was just brilliant. And the people were scared to death when he came down from the mountain because he was glowing with the presence of God. On, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John saw there was a cloud that descended, but they saw a measure of the glory. They saw Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus, and Jesus was transfigured before them. But they didn't get the full dose. Can I tell you something? When people see Jesus in all his glory, there's a few that have seen him in a vision. That way you can do it and live, right? Uh, they've seen it, and what did they do? They fell on their face in awe. John, the beloved disciple, fell on his face. He saw the risen Christ in Revelation, and he was so overwhelmed by it, he was on his face. Can I tell you how impressed the mighty angels are with the glory of God? The cherubim and seraphim have not ceased throughout eternity since they've been created to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They, they have a worship service all the time. They're so amazed by his glory. These are beings that when they speak, the ground shakes. We know that from Isaiah's vision. These are beings that are so mighty, they guard the glory, they guard the presence of God from the sight of those around it. But the Bible says we will see his glory. God's going to have to give us a renovated body to be able to handle that, but we'll see it. And what a day that will be. I want to tell you something, my Savior came to suffer and die in my place, but he's not suffering now. He's risen. He's ascended to the right hand of God. He's clothed with the fullness of glory and power, and all of heaven bows before him. We see things that impress us a little bit here on this earth, don't we? Uh, you may see a, a great athlete that impresses you. Or you may see something that somebody has painted or something somebody has made. Maybe it's an automobile or whatever the case may be. And it impresses you a little bit. But I'm going to tell you something. Nothing will be as glorious and as awesome that we could ever see than the glory of our great Savior. One uh, old hymn says, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. Jesus was veiled in flesh. But Jesus, Jesus had to um, veil that glory in flesh so that people wouldn't be destroyed by it. I mean, it's just so powerful. Um, 
So we are created to behold him. That we're created for that face-to-face relationship. Heaven has guardians that guard the glory of God, but we will see the glory of God. We're created for that special face-to-face relationship. Uh, they, they said of Moses, uh, God said of Moses, he said, who, who of you is like Moses? He speaks to me face-to-face. Now, what he meant was in the glory cloud. God's glory was veiled from Moses in the pillar of the cloud. And Moses would sit and talk to God face-to-face, but he wasn't seeing the glory of God. But you and I are created to one day receive that glorified body and to be face-to-face with him. What an incredible honor. Um, We display the glory of God here. We get to see the glory of God there. Uh, But So we were created to look like him, to receive him, to fellowship with him, to point to him, to behold him, to reveal him. Verse 26, Jesus says, I made known your name to them and will continue to make it known. Um, Jesus revealed God's glory through what he said and did. Uniquely. There's no other individual who's ever lived who revealed the name or character of God. Name, in the, in the scripture, the name represented the character of who a person was. Uh, many times the prophets would say, you're to name this baby so-and-so uh, to reveal this purpose God has or whatever this aspect of God's character. Uh, Jesus did that in a way that no one else did. And everything he said, why? Because as a member of the Trinity, Jesus' heart was exactly the same as the Father's heart. Exactly the same as the Spirit's heart. So, when you saw the desire of Jesus, you saw the desire of the Father. I was, I was telling, uh, I was telling the, uh, the kids, I, I did a little video for the kids about the Trinity. And I was telling them, the, the Bible uses the family as an illustration of the Trinity. The, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, kind of like a family relationship going on there. Uh, but we as family members have different desires, don't we? Uh, I remember my son, he, he used to, I like pizza, but I don't like pizza like that. I mean, he'd eat it three times a day, seven days a week if he could. And I think his boys are following in the daddy's footsteps. Uh, she, Alyssa said that's the one thing they'll eat, and she doesn't have to try to coax him to swallow it. Um, but, uh, uh, all of us have different tastes, and, and we have different desires. We have d- different personalities. But you see, Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit have exactly the same heart and desire about everything. Matter of fact, Jesus got a little bit exasperated with Philip. Not this Philip, but another Philip. <laughs> uh, he got a little bit exasperated with Philip, and he said, look. He said, Philip... Philip says, show show us the Father. That's enough for us. Philip, don't you understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything I am, he is. And as Jesus lived out his life, because his heart was so at one with the Father, he was constantly revealing the character of God. In his daily interactions with people. 
Um, that's what we're called to do. We've got to get our hearts one with God. That's one, one of the, the challenges with this. We've got to uh, keep those sins confessed and, and keep looking to God, asking God to make us. And he does that. He does a process called sanctification where he makes us more like him. But the more we become like Jesus in our character, the more we'll reveal him to a lost and needy world. And what a wonderful Savior we have. What a wonderful God we have. And as we align ourselves with him, his character will be revealed to this world. That's one of the reasons God created us. That's a big task, isn't it? I have made known your name to them. Uh, often uh, in Scripture, how God revealed his, his character was in his relationships with people and specific acts of his goodness or of his deliverance or whatever the case may be. God would intervene and work in a situation and people would notice this is what his character is like. And they would say, I, I name this place or I name you, I name you, I call you God. Um, uh, El Shaddai, the, the Almighty God. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Well of the living one. In that case, they named a well. Well of the living one who sees me. Isn't that great? And as God worked and as God acted, he revealed himself. And so you and I are called to do the same thing. As we're filled with the Spirit of God and we work and we serve others and we love others and we tell them the good news, we are called to show them what God is like. And they say, well, I, I see that, that person's life. That must be what Jesus is like. They're different. And Jesus had a magnetism about everywhere he went. Uh, the children wanted to be around him. You, you know, that's a good gauge of character, isn't it? The children uh, were always flocking to Jesus. We're called to reveal him. So we are created for his glory, to look like him, to receive him, to fellowship with him, to point to him, to behold him, to reveal him, and finally to express him. Verse 26, I made known your name to them and will continue to make it known so that the love you have loved me with may be in them and I may be in them. So that the love you have loved me with may be in them. We're called to express them. You never look more like Jesus than when you're loving people. You never look more like Jesus than when you're loving people. I always get amused how Hollywood portrays Christians. They're usually weird, goofy. Sometimes they're real formal and, and uh, joyless and uh, dressed in black. Other times they're just complete idiots. You know, you'd almost think that Hollywood had an agenda. Uh, but uh, what I find interesting is, you know, a lot of times we think, well, this, this is what a true Christian is. But a, a true Christian is somebody who loves other people with the love that God has for us. And so, if you don't get anything else right in your Christian walk, if you get that right, you'll be on the right path, okay? 
Uh, you could read 1 Corinthians 13 to get an idea of what that love looks like. But God has called us to express Him. God is love. Well, how do we do that? Sometimes we love people by telling them the truth. Right? Aren't you grateful that somebody told you the truth? Um, you know, yeah, I, I, uh, I remember growing up, uh, your friend would be the one that would tell you if you forgot to uh, zip up your zipper, right? Hey, buddy, X, Y, Z. <laughs> right? Uh, or, uh, you know, if you've, uh, you, got, you got a piece of mustard right here on your, on your cheek, your friend is the one who will tell you about it. Now, I realize that's minor stuff, but in reality, People that tell us the truth usually are people who love us, right? Our parents, a lot of times, will tell us the truth. A true friend will tell us the truth about ourselves. I remember one time I was uh, with a bunch of preachers, and uh, I said, man, I said, I've got a really bad attitude today. And uh, one of my friends said, yes, you do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, our, our friends sometimes will tell us, hey, but, but that's good because it helps us see when it's said in love, it helps us see where we, where we are. Um, also, love often will make sacrifices for others, right? You, you've seen, some of you have seen your parents do that. You've seen, uh, you've seen examples of that, maybe, maybe with Christian brothers and sisters who, who have given sacrificially in a situation there's, where there's a need. Um, sometimes love means sitting down and listening to somebody. Sometimes love is to provide that word of encouragement that someone needs. But as we learn to love people in the way that God's called us to do so, we will reveal the character of God. And that's what we're called to do. I find it amazing that God would take us. It is amazing that he's praying for Gentiles. He says in verse 20, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word, which includes you and me, right? We're Gentiles. We're not Jews. And yet in Gentiles, who were considered to be outside the people of God, who were considered to be unclean because of what they ate and what they did and so forth, historically, God chooses to put the glory of his presence. I have shared my glory with them. I, I can't think of a more awesome thing than that God would share his glory with us. Let's live like it and point a lost world to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we, we are created for your glory, and I pray that you would help us to display that glory in our love for people and how we live, and what we say, and what we do, and how we love each other here in this church. God, let us be ever increasingly revealers of your glory. And Lord, help us to anticipate that day, one day, where we'll stand before you, and we'll see your glory face to face. And Father, maybe there's somebody here today that doesn't know you. I, I pray that 
uh, today would be the day that they would repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Uh, if there's someone here, that Lord, that needs to make a decision to uh, repent of a sin as a Christian so that they can more uh, clearly display the glory of God in their lives, I pray, Lord, that they would do so. Uh, Lord, have your way in us. Help us respond to you in the specific ways you desire us to respond. We pray in Jesus' name.